Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. I'm going to read one verse before we're seated. Psalm 4, verse 4. Psalm chapter 4, verse 4. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. Amen. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. Amen. Let's praise Him one more time before you're seated. Thank you, Lord. We give you honor and praise. Have your way in this word. Amen. And let it, God, go to our hearts and minds and receive it as the wonderful, engrafted word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands and you may be seated. Amen. I want to preach on the subject, Selah. Selah. Praise God. You know, as Christians and as followers of Jesus, we look at life much differently. Kind of like Dave was saying, you know, with our kids, with just in general, you, you look at everything you do differently because you're following him and his plan. Amen. We look at differently at life than other people. We pray for God's will in our lives each day, right? And, and when we do that, we are trusting him to help us in our direction because of that. We ask God to direct our paths each day, and so we expect by faith that that those prayers will be answered and that we will be going in the direction that we need to go. Of course, we have to choose uh, many times in the day. There's all kinds of choices, and we got to choose the right path, but we're asking God to help us with those choices, help us with that direction. Psalm 37, 23 said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Proverbs 16, 9 said, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So we're asking God every day, God, direct my steps, Lord. Amen. And you know, our hearts and our minds, uh, we try to let them be open to God's voice and to the leading of His Spirit. Amen. Isaiah 30, verse 21, Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whatever you turn to the left. And that's that still small voice speaking to us. Amen. When we're maybe going to the left and He wants us to go straight. Or we're going to the right He wants us to go left. And we hear that voice because we're being sensitive to Him as, as people of God. Amen. And Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And we ask Him to guide us so we will go where He wants us to go. I know we want, our heart decides that in the morning or 
you know, like tomorrow I, I want to go here or there, and there's nothing wrong with that, but God, where do you want me to go? Because God knows, uh, amen, uh, about divine appointments. Uh, amen. God knows uh, about uh, engagements that we'll have with certain people that we might not see if we go the wrong way. Amen. Because we're here for a purpose, and He wants to direct us. Psalm 32, 8 said, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Isaiah 58, 11, the Lord will guide you continually. Amen. So we're praying about all these things on a daily basis and, and being sensitive. God, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to talk to today? I know we got to work and we got to get groceries and we got to mow the yard and we got to take out the trash and we, got, you know, we need a vacation every once in a while and all those things fit in. But, but all in, the, in, you know, in, in our minds during all that, we're, being, we're following him. Lord, I want to go where you want me to go. John 16, 13, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. So it's a daily, you know, even when we receive the spirit of God in our life, we haven't arrived. We just started. We're born. When you're born into the kingdom, you're a baby and you still got to grow. Amen. And he's guiding us into truth. But we've got to follow. So what this means, I said all that to say this. Christians, followers of Jesus, we do not believe in luck, chance, happenstance, flukes, or coincidences anymore because I'm praying all this. I'm asking God, get, direct my steps. I'm asking, Lord, your will be done. Show me the way. Guide me. We believe in Jesus and that He has a specific plan for our lives. And He will, if we allow Him to, unfold that plan every day. Amen. Day by day. And we just need to be sensitive to the leading of His Spirit and to His Word. Amen. His written Word, too. Praise God. So, when something happens in our life that seems to stand out as strange, curious, out of the ordinary, amen, something that's kind of goes against this whole where I'm trying to be following God and everything. Amen. It should cause us to stop. It should cause us to think. It should cause us to wonder if I should still continue this path I'm on because of this thing that came up. Because, see, nothing is coincidental because I'm serving God. Nothing is luck or happenstance or some fluke. Amen. Something happens for a reason. Even if I get a flat tire, there might have been a reason for that. It could just be a flat tire, but it also could be that God kept me from an accident that I would have been at if I would have kept going with a full tire of air. Amen. And so these type of things, when they come our way, it should cause us to wait on the Lord for additional and specific direction for the situation. Amen. Now, our text verse ends in a word, Selah. That word you'll see every once in a while. You see it mostly in the book of Psalms, but you'll see it a couple other places in the Old Testament. And if you've ever wondered what that is, it's always at the end of a verse. And Selah is something to do with music. It's the suspension of music. It's a musical pause. Amen. And see, the book of Psalms, there's 150 Psalms in the book of Psalms. 
Well, those are actually songs. Psalms are songs. Amen. And when we read the book of Psalms, you just read it as another chapter, another book of the Bible with you know, powerful things in it. But a psalm in Old Testament time, a psalm was a poem set to musical notes. And you know who wrote quite a few of the psalms? In fact, probably at least half of the psalms. Amen. David, who started out being the seventh son of Jesse, just a little shepherd boy taking care of his dad's sheep and ascended up to be the second king of Israel, a man after God's own heart. Well, what did he do? He became proficient in playing the harp, and he was a musician and a songwriter, and many of those psalms he wrote. So the Selah is a musical pause, and that word Selah appears 74 times in the Old Testament, 71 of them in the book of Psalms, because it's a musical pause. It fits perfectly in that setting. Amen. So I'm talking about a pause when something happens in your life that doesn't seem to be according to the plan. It doesn't seem to be according to how God is wanting you to go. And amen. And, and then we should, amen, do like what this word means. We should take a pause and reflect and wait and get some more direction from God before proceeding. Amen. It should cause us to stop and think, take inventory of the situation. Praise God. Amen. Now, for the last two and a half months, I've been prepared to and planned on making an announcement today, amen, that I was going to have foot surgery tomorrow, the 19th. Amen. Now, the key word in that phrase I just said was, was going to have surgery. Amen. And if we go back to January, I've been having a lot of problems with my right foot. And, you know, mostly the foot, a little bit of the ankle or whatever. And so I finally, I decided, well, I went to my surgeon that did my knee surgery last year. And he also does ankles. And I, so he gave me an x-rays, an MRI. And he said, your, your tendon that's from your heel to your ankle is shot. And it's not, it's not re, uh, really, uh, you can't do anything. It's not going to heal up on its own. It's, it's so messed up. Uh, and it, it strained the ligament on the other side. And so, um, you know, I said, well, what's my options? Well, you can have wear a brace. We could try that. We could try therapy. We could try, you know, taking pills and all that good stuff they tell you. Amen. But he said, really, according to him, the only way to fix it is to have surgery. Amen. And then he said, but because it's more foot than ankle, he said, I don't really do that surgery anymore. And he, he put me over to another uh, foot surgeon that he highly recommended. So I got another opinion, and he said the same thing. He said, the only way to fix this is surgery. And you don't want to wait too long because of the arthritis and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, amen. so he... Two experts said, specialists said, you got, the only way this is going to be fixed is through surgery. And what they wanted to do was, so first I said, well, let's forget the surgery. And this is back in January. Give me that uh, ankle brace. I'll wear that and, and uh, you know, take some Advil if I need it or whatever. And so I did that for a while, but it didn't seem to be getting better. 
And so I talked to my wife, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to go to that surgeon, the second guy, and schedule the surgery. Well, this was the end of March, this past March. Amen. And uh, I said, well, what does the surgery entail? He said, well, you have another tendon behind that one that's ruined, and we're going to take that one, and we're going to move it to where the other one is, and then we're going to take your heel bone, and we're going to move that over to support that other tendon. And you're not going to be able to put a shoe on that foot. You're not going to be able to drive for three months. And you're not going to be able to put any weight on that foot at all for six to eight weeks. And then I was like, what? So he told me that in January. So I give me the ankle brace. I'll try that. Well, it wasn't working. So I go, well, I'm just going to get it. And, and he said, you know, arthritis could get in there and could cause it a problem and wouldn't be able to have this surgery. Amen. So, so I just I scheduled the surgery. I scheduled it for in June because I went and saw my brother back east and his and my nephew in uh, in May, and so then I, I just put it after that so that I'd have time because you know you got to do all this uh, you know pre-op surgery physical and and you got to do this and you got to get this test and you got to get this and you got to stop this medication two weeks before you know all these things and benchmarks or whatever, and so I get to the place where now it's two weeks before the surgery, June 5th, and I go to give my blood. You know, they took a few vials, amen, uh, to, you know, that I'm going to make it through the anesthesia and something about blood clotting and all that stuff. I give the blood, amen, on that Monday morning and all that stuff, and I'm thinking everything is good. I'm walking out my house Tuesday morning at 8.15, taking my, my little furry guy to – uh, get his little shot at the vet, and I get a phone call from the doctor's office saying, oh, I'm sorry, you're going to need to come in and give all of that blood again. Yeah, something happened, and they didn't pick it up in time. Uh, it got all messed up. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm telling you, of all the years, all the sports physicals when I was growing up, all the physicals, all, all the other surgeries I've had that I had to give blood, I, I've never, ever had, had to give blood twice. Maybe somebody else has, but I'm talking about me, and I'm talking about my Selah. I'm talking about my paws, okay? Amen. And so, okay, yeah, somebody makes a mistake. It's fine, whatever. So just going down, now it's Wednesday, then it's Thursday, and Thursday afternoon, I'm just, you know, kind of just taking a little break right before we, uh, getting ready to go to church, and I get a call like 4.30 from the doctor's office, um, you're going to have to come in and give blood the third time because there was a problem, and I said, well, what about the second time I gave the blood, and then this was the girl that took the first blood, and she said, what second time? And I'm like, what do you mean, what second time? I came in, your office called me Tuesday morning to come give it all again. And she said, well, I'm looking at your file right now and on the computer, and there's no record of you coming in on Tuesday. Selah. Okay. Selah <laughs> V, I like that. <laughs> can, can I have that? Okay. Amen. So I'm thinking, what is going on? And then the supervising nurse calls me back later that afternoon on the way home, and she tells me, oh, I'm so sorry and all this stuff. And apparently the second set of uh, blood on Tuesday, uh, though it wasn't really documented on the computer, somebody had printed the little, the little stickers that go on the tubes, and they forgot to change the date. So when it got to the lab, they saw Monday dates and said, oh, this is old blood. Out the window again. So I had to give three times. My, my arm was like, I mean, people were, I saw some friends I hadn't seen for a while uh, on, on a, sun, a Saturday, 
last Saturday, and they took one look at my arm and said, oh, you've been given blood? I go, yeah, three times. The same, yeah, same arm. We're going to have to switch over here. Amen. And so three times. And so when I told, my wife knew about it, and then after church I told the kids, and then we had like a little talk and said, Dad, you know, you know, honey, you know, what's going on? Like, have you ever heard? I mean, I wonder if something, whatever. And I know that's not all there is to, you know, deciding to cancel a surgery. But, you know, when you're, and I don't know about you, but the way I, I kind of think, I guess, or whatever, if I know I got something scheduled, whatever, I'm just going through the motions, like, I'm going to get this done, and i got to get this done, and I've got to stop taking this, and I'm going to get this blood, and i got to get this test, and i got to go see the surgeon, and then they're going to give me the prescription for the pain pills ahead of time because that's going to be, I'm going to be needing that, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm just going through the motions all the while. And then after we had the talk and everything, and we were chatting about it, I started praying, and I said, you know what, let me pray about it. I'm going to pray about this because I had to give, I had to make an, uh, you know, a decision, you know, so that I had time to cancel it all or whatever. And I started really thinking about it, and I go, you know what? I haven't been paying attention to my own ankle and foot that's been feeling like 100 million bucks better than it was before. I've been just going through the mud. I guess I'm going to have to get this surgery. But now it's like, like, hey, hello down there. Hello up there. This is feeling much better. What are you doing going to get a surgery? Why did you schedule the surgery? Because it was still hurting. It wasn't going away. Nothing was working. Amen. Why would you go through with the surgery when it's all better? It feels good. I don't have any pain. Praise God. Hallelujah. So last Sunday, amen. And believe me, praise God, I didn't even know at the time that I was going to be preaching what I was preaching last Sunday, and we were having the prayer line last Sunday, and what a powerful service we had last Sunday. Praise God. But I decided after Sunday service, amen, this thing's being canceled. Praise God. And I got up in the morning, and instead of having to go do another test, I called and canceled this, and I called and canceled that, and I called and canceled that, and I raised my hands, and I said, thank you, Jesus, for my Selah. Thank you for that pause. Thank you for waking me up and helping me realize you already healed me, and I don't need a surgery. Oh, hallelujah. Woo! Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And then, like, after the fact, now that it's canceled and all that stuff, last week I started hearing from different people about, about oh, my goodness, I had this foot surgery, and i got to go in and have another one, and I've been in so much pain, and there's this pro complication, and someone got this infection, and somebody had this scar tissue, and they had to go in a second time, and I'm going to still be off it for a few more months, and I'm like, praise God. Praise Jesus. Amen. I'm not going to not drive for three months and not get any better or get worse. Forget it. I'm going to trust God. And he's already touched me. I'm already feeling, amen, fantastic. Oh, praise God. Thank God. Thank God. So sometimes you got to take those little hints and then really reflect. Amen. But I, I, even, even after that, I mean, I put, a, I put a lot of thought and prayer for two or three days. Did some other things and 
just to make sure it was the right thing. And I just felt the peace of God on Sunday, last Sunday. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And see what's interesting about the word Selah is that it comes at the end of those select number of verses, which implies that before the reader, or, you know, originally the singer, amen, but now it's, you know, Psalms is more reading, before the reader goes to the next verse, they should pause to contemplate. Because that, you know, the book of Psalms is the biggest book of the Bible, 150 chapters, and it has the largest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119 with 176 verses. Amen. But only 71 of all those hundreds and hundreds of verses, maybe thousands, in the book of Psalms has a Selah at the end. Amen. So it implies before you go to that next verse, you should pause and you should contemplate and you should meditate and you should really allow that preceding verse that you just read to soak in and speak to you. Praise God. And our text verse said, stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Amen. Sometimes you're, in, you're going a, uh, you know, in, in the fast lane when you're awake and go, going around and you, it's hard sometimes to hear through all the noise and all the other voices. Amen. But at least get a quiet time. But sometime in the early morning or sometime when you lay your head on your bed, amen, commune with your heart and be still and pause and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Am I on the right path? Talk to me, God. Praise God. Psalm 68, 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. Selah. Amen. Don't forget who your benefits and blessings come from. Don't forget, amen, every day. It's coming from the God of our salvation. It's not coming from man. Praise God. You've got to pause, amen, and take that all in. Psalm 62, 8, trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. Amen. He's reminding us, take a minute to really... See what that verse is telling us. Praise God. Psalm 4611, the Lord of hosts. And that word host means the Lord of armies. The Lord of armies is with us. Don't, don't you know that he's fighting on your behalf? Don't you know that he's fighting your battles? He's helping you. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Psalm 32, 7, you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I used to play hide and seek. And, you know, if you got a really good place, you thought you were safe and no, 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 no scary something can get you. And, and you're, you know, and, and your friends can't find you. You're in the hiding place. And God's our hiding place. God's our hiding place. He'll preserve us from trouble. He surrounds us with songs of deliverance. Amen. Psalm, and the last one is Psalm 3, 4. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. Folks, don't stop crying unto the Lord. He's going to hear you, and he does hear you. Don't stop crying tears for the kingdom or for your family or for people. Because he takes every tear and puts it in his bottle. 
Amen. Don't stop thinking about his name because he writes your name in a book. Everyone who meditates and thinks about his name, praise God. Selah means don't be in such a rush in your life. Selah means slow it down a little bit. God has so much more for us if we will just slow down long enough to take it all in. Amen. And when we understand that God is guiding our steps each day, it brings peace and assurance, confidence and faith that everything's going to be okay as long as I take some time and just make whatever course corrections I need to make in those moments of pause. Amen. His hand is upon us for good. His eyes are upon us, watching over us. His goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. Amen. So let's stop. Amen. In this fast-paced life we live, let's stop and smell the roses. Amen. Of life. There's so many There's so many things that we pass by so fast that we'll never see again. We need to stop and, and smell those roses. And I'll tell you the greatest rose that there ever was. Amen. Is Jesus Christ. Song of Psalms. Two one said, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. Praise God. Oh, stop and smell the rose of Sharon. Amen. And he is the lily of the valleys. Even when you're going through a dark valley. Amen. Don't focus on your problem. Look for the lily. Look for the lily in the valley. Amen. Look for the way of escape. It comes through the lily. Jesus Christ. He's our lily. He's our rose. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.